The wait is over. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is officially live in Ohio. Now you can legally bet on all your favorite sports anytime and anywhere right here in Ohio with DraftKings. For a limited time, new customers who sign up with code CONTEST will receive $200 in bonus bets instantly. DraftKings has the best features including same-game parlays, player props, and more with fast and easy payouts right at your fingertips. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. New customers can use code CONTEST to get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on anything. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code CONTEST. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER 21 and over and physically present in Ohio. Valid one offer per first-time depositors who have not already redeemed $200 in free bets via pre-launch offer. Minimum $5 deposit and wager. $200 issued as bonus bets. Eligibility restrictions apply. See dkng.co slash oh for terms. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This podcast is a part of the Dragon Suplex Podcast Network. Find us wherever you get your podcasts and visit us at chopskicksandnearfalls.com for daily articles about wrestling from around the globe. Hello ladies, gentlemen and everybody inside and outside of the gender spectrum and welcome back to Stardom Quest, the best weekly stardom podcast anywhere in the world. I'm as always Alex and I am joined by Dylan. Hi Dylan. Hey Alex. Hey guys. Um, If you are here for my tweet, which you likely aren't, it got one like. Um, This is the breakdown of the lore of Mina versus Tam from Super Wars in Tokyo. Uh, I've, I, I unironically have like a paragraph and a half of notes about just the lore. Um, I also have a couple notes about the match like itself. Uh, but yeah, so that's where we're at on that. Um, Mina, much like my buddy Alex, became the Joker. I used the wrong name, but I'm, that's, uh, you know, Alex is also the Joker now. Uh, so yeah. Oh, also no. Konami. Hold, hold on, hold Konami, on shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> Konami like was the coolest that she's been in years, and she will probably never go back to this. Uh, so let's let's just take a second to like admire that. Yeah, because she's getting retired, you know. <laughs> Don't say that. That's theory is gaining steam, Dylan. It is gaining steam. Um, but yeah, sure, he was crying like a lot, and I was like, yeah. oh, that's. <laughs> See, it, it all makes sense. We will we will get to that though. Um. So yeah, this episode is all about Tokyo Super Wars. Uh, this is the latest stardom pay-per-view. Um, I think this is probably airing tomorrow on Samurai TV. Uh, if anybody has an internet 
service provider. Because I, I got up for the show and I, I turned on my internet TV provider and I went to Samurai and there was some Joshi talk show. I think it might have been like a Battlemans thing maybe, but I think Seriano was in it. And I was like, this is not stardom. What is happening? Um, so I don't think this show is live on Samurai, which is weird for stardom, but I think it's tomorrow. So I don't think there's a huge delay. Seriano bumped them from their time slot. That's crazy. I mean, listen. Uh, she's the draw. She's great. She's the draw. She had she had a cool I, match. I do. I, I do unironically really like Siriano. She's pretty cool. I think everybody does. She's like a mega yeah. star and really talented as well. Um Yeah, on to, on to stardom. <laughs> um that, that works, yeah. Yeah, so this uh this was obviously Tokyo Super Wars. Um this was in the uh, Yoyogi Stadium number two gymnasium. Uh, Stardom did 1,119 fans for this show, which is a pretty good number, all things considered. Um, I just went through, this I believe is Stardom's seventh show this year that's done over 1,000 fans. No other Joshi promotion has pulled that many fans for a show. Like, no other Joshi company has had over 1,000 people at a show this year, and Stardom has done it seven times. Um... A lot of that is obviously down to the buildings that people are running. But I mean, Tokyo Joshi Pro and Ice Ribbon have both ran like Ota Ward. And uh, obviously Ice Ribbon ran the Yokohama Budokan as well. So like the opportunity has been there for them to draw that many. And they haven't. Um, where, but Stardom has. Stardom has done it seven times. Um, and the only other show that's kind of in this region is Gaiaism. But obviously that was like a a combination of almost three different promotions because you had like the nostalgia from Gaia, you had the modern wrestlers from Marvelous, and you had the modern wrestlers from Sendai. So I don't really count that as like one promotion drawing that. That was kind of like three different groups almost. It was a very like, special event. Really. Yeah. 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 It was a one off. Um, yeah. Like uh, I think when you look at that kind of stat like stardom's like this number and some of stardom's numbers this year are just really really good i mean when you consider that no other joshi promotion has got over a thousand people in past the door this year i mean and it would it would be a while before you could find any joshi promotion in the past that's done that uh since probably like you know gaia i mean like sendai probably like i'm probably missing someone i'm probably forgetting a company but like it's probably been a while since that metric has been reached where it's like on a consistent level, uh, they get over a thousand um, in-house attendance seven times in a year. That seems like it probably hasn't happened in like at least a decade. I mean, like had, did yeah. stardom, like, cause like stardom wasn't running like the big shows constantly in the, when they first started, like obviously they had some huge shows, but I I don't, know. I don't know the exact uh you know statistics so I'm not going to talk on my ass but it's got to be a while since that's happened um in the past for Joshi so that it's a big it's a big year for for Stardom and for Joshi so it's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool thing to say. I I liked the venue. I thought that it um sounded great and the silence when it was silent was deafening. Uh <laughs> and I I love that. Uh that's one of my favorite things like cuz that's the difference between I'm gonna this is a bit of a tangent, but that's the difference between like Sendai and just like a crowd who is hot and cold. Like it feels like Sendai at most will clap a little bit. Whereas this this crowd was really excited for certain things, but like when they were silent, 
they were fucking silent. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really notice that too much. I did notice that they they didn't like darken the arena fully, which was nice. I think it's always better yeah. when you can see some of the crowd. Um, and it was definitely a lot like it was a lot less professional and done up as some of their recent shows, which are all like super high level production. This just felt like we're here, run this big venue. Let's have a good time, you know. And it was, it was, it was good. I, I like that kind of vibe. Um, yeah. Going back to your point, I, I, I would say Oz Academy probably did multiple one thousand plus gates in a year. They were like really big for a while, and they obviously were, they yeah. had a nostalgia. You know, they had like, you know, Azra Kong has been rostered to there since uh, she left Arzion, I think they obviously had Dynamite <laughs> Kanzai there. They had Ozaki. Um, they had a lot of other legends about, so I know they did used to do big numbers. Um, but I wouldn't know like when the last time a Joshi company did that consistently. Yeah, but I would just say Oz probably had a shot. Yeah, and shout out to Oz Academy. I like Oz Academy. Yeah, Oz is cool. Um, I don't watch it as much as I should, but they're pretty cool. Yeah, same. Um, but yeah, we will get onto the show then. Um, Dylan. This show started at at seven my time. Uh, mm. I woke up at half seven, so mm. I didn't see <laughs> the first two matches. Would you please talk us oh, through okay. uh, the opening two matches? Yeah. So um, the triple threat for the future belt was pretty. Like I I don't know the exact time. I don't know if you have that, but it felt like it was maybe four minutes. Um, mm-hmm. the thing that yeah. I took from it was. Waka was is a lot better at selling and just like displaying emotion and Mai has better offense. Um and as somebody who, you know, prefers the more emotional aspect and the more uh I, I prefer Waka, but I do uh, appreciate that Mai has been uh especially improving on her offense. I thought that she did some cool stuff in this. Um but it was mainly obviously the Ruka show. She beat the hell out of them and then she simply one with the fridge bomb on my Sakurai. Uh, that's not the important part, though, because Momo Mask is back, everybody. Um, we wondered if this was like a bit for the talk show. It was not. It's a future division member. Um, and specifically, um, they didn't announce it, but it's Mariah Mayumi, because like, you could see, like, she was walking, somebody took a picture of her, and she was walking to the back, and you could see that she had black hair, and her skin tone was exactly the same as Mariah Mayumi's, so it's probably Mariah Mayumi's. Um, so that's cool. Uh, she came out and attacked everybody. Kid has to make the save for Ruaka. Um, and yeah, Hanan comes out, confirms herself as challenger for Ria Goku, and Momo Mask is probably gonna fuck that up somehow. I'm very upset that this is how they debut. Well, I don't <laughs> know if I don't know if the reveal it's gonna be Mayumi. Like they might just have her playing the part right now, and they'll change it. But I mean, um... it's. Yeah, it's possible that like the rookie that we that everybody's been talking about that she just ha- she doesn't have the same skin tone necessarily. I don't know. I don't want to get into skin I think tone. She's pretty short that too. Much. Yeah, that's I think the that thing. That one's a lot shorter. Um, but I didn't think Mariah was as tall as this uh, Momo mask figure. I mean, either. the thing is, and I was I think I was talking to my friend Gree about this is that it's like Japanese height is so weird because like Jumbo's a giant and she's two inches is shorter than me and i am like not that tall of a human mm. so like you know like i think lady sees like my height and again i'm like the average male height for 
a westerner you know like for an american yeah so it's all kind of scaled like i forgot momo was like five one like that's insane to me because she seems like normal sized relatively compared to everybody else like yeah she's shorter than fucking lady c and jumbo but you know she seemed normal size she's like five foot one so it's kind of hard to like you know uh decipher that i think yeah mariah is taller than five foot five and that's the only metric we've had so far is that she's taller than my um mm-hmm. so yeah i guess i don't know it's it is a weird way to debut mariah mayumi um and it's weird that they're putting her into the um future division immediately like that that's her like i get it i get why they're doing it but it's like how long has she been wrestling i think she debuted in 2019 yeah so she only has like a couple months of eligibility yeah like i'd say she'll just be in that for a little bit and they might have her like beat hanan for the belt or something and then drop it and uh just move her up but i don't know it's just it's it's very strange because it's not at all her vibe like for people who didn't watch her in tokyo joshi pro uh mm-hmm. her and suzumi who was a b had a tag She's team a B, called yeah. b star um yes. not the anime cute. not the, not different not different. anime different. yes yeah. um it was very cute you know obviously very wholesome baby faces and she was like somewhat a serious competitor she had a uduf rose match with miyu yamashita i think before she left so going from a wholesome baby face who can legit mess people up to a sledgehammer wielding mask wearer is definitely a change also where does she go because like she has made an enemy out of a way tie so like what what are we doing are we go are we going to super hell she's she's attacked no because she's attacked the cosmic angels and a way to tie and they're obviously they're both in mayu iwatani's crosshairs so mayu has hired her to take out yeah mayu has paid her off that's why she wants the money in the tournament so she can pay off the assailant Oh my Damn, god. Mariah Mayumi is worth $70,000 for <laughs> to poorly attack rookies with a sledgehammer. That's crazy. Oh man. But yeah, I mean like I think she'll I think Mariah Mayumi could be a really cool heel. Or not even a heel, but like a badass, but I really hope that she takes off the mask and stops walking like that. Cuz like when when I first saw Momas, I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, because it reminded me of, like, the way Andras carries herself. I don't want Mariah Mayumi to carry herself like Andras does. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's such a mismatch. Like, I could see her being, like, just, like, you know, an asshole. Uh, or not even just an asshole, but, like, just a brute beating the shell. Honestly, I don't think so. I, I think she's just too wholesome as a human to, to play that. Like, her whole thing's, like, no Dude, stereotypes. The, like she's a, she has a shirt about not believing in okay, stereotypes Alex, and not stereotyping the, people. Like. Probably the most wholesome male wrestler I know is Adam Cole, who has never been a babyface in his life. Like, Jugs, uh, yeah, Jugs but he's is not a, like a wholesome guy, he's like, not like an evil bad guy. He's just like kind of a a douche who you might meet in college or something. Like he's he's not like. A very good assessment of Adam Cole, actually. <laughs> yeah. 
See, I, I've I've never been swayed by Adam Cole, so I just see right through him. I'm just like, what is this oh. white guy? How is this like unassuming white man the most charismatic wrestler in America? I don't understand it. Like, because everybody's like, oh, he's a he's a mega star in waiting, and I'm like, he's smaller than me and has a beard. I don't like. Yeah. I don't understand it. It's so funny. See, I I uh, you know me. I'm a big uh, mid 2010s indie guy. So he was he was a fucking legend to me. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, but yeah, that, Mariah I'm... Mayumi is Momo Mask, <laughs> yeah. guys. Uh, so what are we gonna do about that? Um, honestly, I think Mariah Mayumi versus Hanan would be a really fun match. I think that, like, mm-hmm. at first I was like, "Yo, is is Momo Mask Hanan?" And then Hanan immediately came out like the second that Momo Mask left, and I was like, "Maybe she just changes quickly." Uh, that would be really funny if like it was like a big mm-hmm. big misdirection, and it was just Hanan. Uh. But something tells me that it is not, and it is, in fact, just Mariah Mayumi. Yeah. That is such a mismatch, man. That's hilarious. It is. Beyond the gimmick, um, though, like, Mayumi is a great signing. She's, like... Yes. She's got all the tools that you want for, for a big star. Um, so she'll, You know, she'll I think... That. I think that she... Like, my immediate thought is that she has a good face to be an asshole. And not like that, that sounds mean, but like I could just see her looking like a dick. She's like the most wholesome person ever, but she could definitely make a dick face and it would be really cool. Like I, I can see her like taking off the mask and be like, hey, hey, yeah, fuck you guys. Like I could, I could see like a shitty mean, you know what I mean? I could see that. I mean, fair but enough. Maybe that's just me. Yeah. Um, um, moving on. Or do yep. you have more to say about my mask? Okay. No, no. Uh, after that, Stardom announces that there will be a two-day New Year's Stars event um, on January 8th and 9th inside of Cork and Hall. Um, that's the only thing they really announced. They also announced there's going to be a, uh, what is it, an award show on the 3rd of January. So them announcing that makes me feel like they might put that somewhere and we might be able to watch it. I doubt with subtitles or anything because they slack on that type of shit. But that will be happening, so they'll give awards uh this year, I I don't remember they did last year too. Um, I always forget because it feels like they don't do it. But yeah, so you know, look forward to that. I suppose. Then Lady Sinunagi faced off against Momoaz. Uh, this match was good, but it was it was seventy thirty for Lady Sinunagi, and that's weird. Oh. Like that's yeah, fucking that's weird strange. to me. Like, cause like this is one of those cases where I was just like. I forgot that Unagi was so highly protected that I was just like, why aren't Momoa's just, like, winning? Like, just, you know, like, what what's happening here? And then it just kept going for, like, most of the match. Like, they got, like, maybe two comebacks that lasted, like, 30 seconds. And then, you know, the last two minutes, maybe the last minute of them doing double-team moves and then winning the match. That's it. Everything else was straight up Lady C and Unagi. I was very confused. Um, and if this is the last time that Momoa's tags together, then um, I don't know what i'm gonna do with myself because uh this is a fun match like don't get me wrong i enjoyed it but man that's one fucking way to for momoas to go out uh but yeah it was fun um i wouldn't necessarily recommend it it's just you know a match that was there uh and at the end actually one funny spot is the finish was <laughs> they hit a double team move i forget which one and momo like dragged lady c to the middle but she was on the opposite side of the ring. And you know how Izumi likes to get air on her foot stomp. Um, 
Like she she likes the far distant distance one. She you know it's like a cool little spot. This was like too far distance to the point where it's like I don't think Rob Van Dam could clear that distance. Um, so she went for the foot stomp and she just ended up drop kicking her in the gut, like in the ribs. And I was just like, fuck it. And then she pinned her and then she won the match with the foot stomp. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> a basement drop kick from the top rope to across the ring was the finish here. Um, fun stuff. Momoa's won. I, man, if this is Momoa's last match together, I mean, I, I'm sure that they'll like have like house show matches, but if this is the last time they're like this is the last high profile match quote unquote that's stupid and i don't like it here <laughs> yeah uh, it's uh it's not a fun time as a, a mumwatts fan um and now i can jump in um before Ooh. we get on to the show though i think there's something really interesting um i'm sure you've seen it so wwe's uh jsport deal has ended so like their tv presence in japan is over um, and obviously Kairi Sane was their Japanese ambassador, and she often did commentary on their shows in Japanese. Um, yeah. Kairi has tweeted a, an hourglass. Um, so once again, the speculation is running that we will see Kairi uh, emerge from her slumber in the WWE. So um, it's that's it's funny that you say that because. Um... Actually, it's a yeah, never mind. I was gonna make a Kingdom Hearts reference because of reasons. Because Kyrie and because Kyrie oh. and Kingdom Hearts, and there's like half of Kingdom Hearts is about slumber. So I was just like, that's that's interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Where do you do? Do you think she just goes back to America, or do you think she stays in Japan? Because I mean, she's married and shit. So like, I imagine she yeah. doesn't really want to leave again, mm-hmm. but. You never really know. I don't know. That'd be fun. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm not saying anything's happening because we've all been here before with Kyrie, but like, it seems like if there was a time, it would be now with the the J Sports deal ending and really not really having any use for her. Um, we'll just have to keep tabs on that, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose so. Um, oh yeah, one more non um Joshi reference. Shout out Matt Fitchett for winning the AEW belt. Um, I'm very proud of him. He, that's my guy. Uh, love that guy, Gunslinger. Woo. Uh, yeah, so shout out to him. I'm happy for him. He deserves it. He hasn't won a fucking singles belt since, like, 2016. And this is, like, the second time. Like, he's he's amazing. If you like American male wrestling, which I know is the opposite of our demographic, <laughs> if you like that, check out Matt Fitchett. He's great. Adore him. Really great wrestler. We can carry on now. Okay, um, so this is where I can jump in. Uh, Hazuki, Hanan, and Mayu Iwatani beat Fuki Gendeth, Rina, and Saki Kashima in just under nine minutes. Um, I, what stood out to be the most is how like they kind of had Hazuki and Rina almost as like the centerpiece of the match. I thought they had a yeah. little bit, um, and Rina acquitted herself fairly well. Um, this wasn't anything blow away, but like this stars team is just ridiculous, and getting to see them together is is great. Um, and I adore that their finishing combo now is freedom drop kick into a brainbuster from Hazuki. It is a perfect way. It's to, a kill to move. Like it's com- it's mm-hmm. absolute kill move. Like no, but like if you kick out of that, you're kind of a dick because like you're disrespecting stardom history. Like how dare you? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> But no, like I like I fucking love that finishing combo. I think it's perfect for them. I feel like it's I for, 
what's a good i don't know what a good example is but it's like when a team puts everything together and they just like keep winning like i think uh the mighty don't kneel did that in like the dusty classic where it's just like oh we have one move we have one combo and we're just gonna hit it and we're gonna beat every single other fucking team and that's it because we're just good like that um or no like Amer- like um WWE does it a lot where like they're like okay this team is now unbeatable because of their finishing combo and i'm just like it makes sense here like a freedom drop kick and then hazuki hits the sheer drop that's crazy like especially like here mayu really fucking laid in that drop kick on saki yes. like saki ate it she ate the, she ate it like fucking shit it was terrible um it was great like I, you go i mean um earlier on in the match i, I want to go into some stuff um yeah rena versus uh mayu and rena versus suzuki great stuff rena is killing it uh especially her against stars i i made a joke on twitter that's like rena versus stars is like actually the feud of the year because it had all of the good things about oedotai versus stars but none of the stupid shit um so yeah rena versus stars a plus um shout out to rossi well done well, well done all around uh yeah, so obviously this was just like, you know, a tag match. Ruka was out there. Uh, she was walking around on the outside, like, lurking with her hoodie on. And she reminded me of Hook. Um, so shout out. <laughs> shout out to both Ruka and Hook. I'm a big Hook guy, and I am a big Ruka guy. I don't know if you all know about that. Uh, and yeah, it was. I, I enjoyed this match. I thought it was a really fun one. Uh, and then after the match, Hazuki greets the crowd, says hi and all that shit. Then Mayu on the ground says, hey, Hazuki, where, where are we today? And Hizuki's like, we're in, we're in Yoyagi. And she's like, oh, okay, we're in Yoyagi. And then like a second later, she gets up, Yoyagi! <laughs> I was like, that's that's a great bit. I Like, Mayu just has done the same bit for like the past five years, and it never gets old. Like, I respect mm-hmm. that. When you can when you can get it like that, nothing but respect for my icon. Um, and yeah, so they talk about the unit turn- tournament in Osaka. Uh, you want to get into that a little bit? Hell yeah. So after the match, Mayu is running through the teams because, you know, Hazuki is like, there's still only three teams. So Mayu says, listen, going to be Stars, going to be Donna Del Mondo, the Cosmic Angels, and we have a fourth team. Marvelous. So Takumi and Co. will be at the Edion Osaka Arena show. Uh, they're going to fuck shit up. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think Mio Momono will be there she is still up in the air with her back injury or whatever yeah. it was that caused her to miss time i think she's aiming to be back for the christmas day marvelous show based on a tweet from a while ago but that didn't seem definitive so much as we're gonna run this venue in december and i hope to yeah. see you there yeah um so i don't think neo momono will be there but we'll probably get a team of takumi rin and maria if i had to guess which you know, is is fairly good. Yeah, I was, I was. The thing was, was that it's like, oh, is it quads or is it trios? Because usually, when there's a trios tournament, they like specify it's trios, mm-hmm. and all groups have enough members to have a quad tournament. Like stars could add in Hannon and Koguma, and then you know, obviously the main two, and then DM obviously has everybody that's not Julia. Um, you know, is still wrestling, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, but, you know, I, I think either would work. I think a quads tournament would be really cool because it feels like a more definitive thing where it's, yeah. like, the factions have, like, as many... Me- like, obviously, like, Stars only has four members outside of Saya who's injured. So, like, the most possible members is four, and I think that's perfect because it would work very well. And it would be a true, like, 
unit tournament where it's like, okay, whose faction is truly the best here and who gets a bunch of money. I think that's really cool. I, I do like the cash prize as well. I think that's always just one of those things that you could just add to a match. And it's like, oh, well, this matters a tiny bit more, um, even though it doesn't matter to me because I don't really, you know, it just mm-hmm. it gives a little bit of stank to it, which is good. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited for the tournament. It, it'll be fun. I'm not excited for that show, though, because I imagine I'll be fucking depressed by the end of it. <laughs> that's fair. Um, yeah, if it is teams of four, Marvelous has, um, they have Ihoes on, so that they'll be fine. Um, she's yeah. pretty. She's cool. I guess they could bring Tomoko Watanabe if they wanted to, but I um... that would be dope. Like honestly, like just seeing her screwdriver, fucking uh, who who. I don't think she does it anymore. I don't think she does that. Shit. I haven't me, paid attention me, drink. in a while. Though. I don't think I don't think she does a lot of things. <laughs> I think true. I think she gets in the ring and bees Tomo- Tomoko Watanabe. That's it. That's what she does. Um, and we love her Ito, for. It. Ito isn't a Marvelous. Like, she isn't signed to Marvelous, right? No, she's a freelancer. Yeah, because I was going to say, I would love to see a Kiaro Ito versus Natsupoi exchange, because obviously Kiaro Ito is, like, Natsupoi's mentor. Like, she adores Kiaro Ito. I think that would be mm-hmm. so cool, is just to see Kiaro Ito just beat the shit out of Natsupoi. I'd be so down for that. Um, But yeah, obviously, Marvelous, uh, they could get... Well, that would be funny. Imagine if they got Chig. Oh my god, imagine imagine if they got Jagusa in there just to like just for shits and gigs. Like she just is they like should. hanging yeah. out. They should. Cause she can like she can still grapple. Oh yeah. Like, she can still wrestle, you know. Um so I I'd mean the here, greatest but... wrestler of all time isn't paralyzed, so like, you know, she could do something. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean I'd be okay with, with Nagayo being the fourth. Um I wouldn't uh, be surprised if I Rossi mean... like asked her if he, she's like, dude, look at me. <laughs> I'm old. Like, no, I don't want to do it. She's grand. She'd be fine. No, I, I, she would be. I, I, that would like make me so happy. Like, that might uh, take away the pain a little bit from what happens later in the night. Yeah. If Chigusa <laughs> was wrestling, I, like, that would be so fun. But no, I imagine they get Ios on in if it's a quads. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know about the story of Kaoru, but I know she's retiring in her comeback match, so. Uh, she's definitely her not. last match is into stardom somewhere she has no connection to whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. I don't think they'd do that. Um, but she she fucked up her leg, so she probably won't be back yet. Um, yeah, yeah, probably will be Hosan. Um, but they could also do Tomoko Watanabe, which is less likely because they do like to give their rookies a bit of experience. So yeah, um, yeah, we'll have to wait and see on that. But uh, what if they Marvel got Leo in there? Great. Like just for no reason, just a dude, just hey, hanging out. Just that would be, I would be so doubt. Like, okay, obviously we're setting ourselves up for disappointment. Not even disappointment because I think Ihozan's great, and like this is mostly just be- memes and shit. But man, I would love it if they just do such a curveball, and he's just like this tall ass dude who's like, yeah, I'm also wrestling here <laughs> in a company that has seen like two male wrestlers in the past, you know, nine years. Like that would be great. Would, um. You know, hey, listen, the the important part is that Takumi will be on the show, and that is That's great, because I love Takumi. Um, Big Takumi hopefully guys. they set something up then for Takumi with uh, Sumo Hall. I feel like her being in the video for, for the announcement of the Sumo Hall show, or not, is it yeah. Sumo Hall? Yeah, yeah. Uh, her being in the video for the announcement for that kind of makes me think she'll be on the show, because obviously she was on the last Stardom Sumo Hall show. 
Um, so yeah. hopefully she's on this one too. I think the Ryogoku card is really interesting because, like, there are two, and you know what? I'm just going to get this now. Obviously, I should probably wait. But uh, what I'm thinking is Hazuki versus Julia and Takumi versus Momo are two others. I don't know if they want to do that many singles matches. I feel like that's a lot. Um, but one or the other also works because uh, Momo really wants to fight Takumi because that was her debut opponent and she's never wrestled her again. Um, and then obviously Hazuki and Julia uh, kind of writes itself. So that's what I'm thinking is one of those two matches will happen. Um, <clears throat> cause neither Hazuki or Momo are really doing anything. So interesting little thing that I was thinking, but that's just uh fantasy booking right there. We can get to it later. Yeah, definitely. Um, the next match on the show was the number one contendership match for the Wonder of Stardom Championship match. Uh, Sayaka Mitani beat Natsupoi and Himeka in just under eight minutes. Um, it really just went by in a flash. Like, they did a lot of stuff yeah. with Poi and Jumbo, and then Saya just kind of came in, and then they did bits, and then Saya won. Um, but the, the stuff we did see from Jumbo and Poi was really great. Like, Jumbo was just trying to kill her, and uh, Poi was outsmarting her, and kind of staying agile and we know Saya is amazing in these like multi-person matches so she was obviously just a really good X Factor to add in there. Um and oh, I thought some Saya was, was just going stupid bro. She she oh, she put totally. out a standing spiral tap like just for no reason. Um <laughs> just out of nowhere. It was She's great. Nuts. Uh yeah it was she she utilized the British clutch for the win which was a pretty big deal because you know that's a very um, prolific uh, roll-up that I think that she could use, even if it's not like her, you know, thing. It's a, you know, it's a testament that she could use that to win a match uh, against a valiant opponent. So that's really fun. Um, also, my favorite spot of this entire match was uh, Saya. Well, no, Jumbo and Natsupoi were beating each other up, and then Saya got in, like, stopped them, and she rebounds and goes for a drop kick on both of them, and Poi just gets launched across the ring from the drop kick. And Jumbo just like eats it, looks at her, and then grabs a headlock. And I was like, "That's that's so cool. That's <laughs> that is the most like Randy Orton ass shit I've ever seen, and I love it. Like that was so like I don't know why I adored that so much. Where like she was just like, "I'm not no like you barely touched me. I'm gonna grab a headlock now. I'm gonna slow it down." Um, and yeah, a lot of this was just like Jumbo and Poi uh like trying to double team but then always failing because they wanted to beat each other up and then eventually uh they hit the powerbomb cross body combo on saya and got the chance to like face each other for a while and then not hit jumbo with a disgusting german suplex um oh that was so brutal yeah. holy fuck not i thought she was dead germans yeah it's it was, it's it so so great because she very visibly lets them go <laughs> like she yeah. just she bends and is like, fuck you. And it, they're gone. And obviously, Jumbo She's so is so small, and it's great. Yeah. Like, and Jumbo is so I big that when you see her works. getting launched, it's like, damn. <laughs> You're like, this is nuts. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, that shit was crazy. Not supposed to have carried Jumbo out, because that, that shit mm. looked like a broken neck. A lot of um, near bre- neck breaks in on the show. I appreciate it. Um, I'm living for that shit. And yeah, so... Like I said, uh, Saya gets back in the ring, reverses the fairy blink into a British clutch, wins the match, and is going to challenge the winner of the white belt match later on the night. Uh, she's going to face them at Ryugoku. So, yeah. Fun. 
My golden she's definitely winning. Inspire. Oh yeah, yeah, she she is. Yeah. So you know, if you're a Psy guy, then that's that's big news for you. I mean, yeah, I think we all should be at the stage like she never has a battle. Oh no, I'm I'm it's... I'm very excited for her to be the white belt champion in place of of yeah. Tam. Uh, That's true. <laughs> so, like, and I like that she could bring, she get a lot of the belt, out of the belt, and she can, you know, they always say like, oh, paint in your own colors. I think it'll be a very different white belt than Julia and uh, Tam's white belt. You know what I mean? And I'm ready for that. I think I'm ready. I'm I'm tired of the current white belt formula in a way. I think it is very mm -hmm. hit or miss, as we saw on this very show, which we'll get into later. Indeed. Um, after the match, uh, Poi and Jumbo seem to have made up because Poi hopped on her back and Jumbo just carried her out and they were all smiles. So I guess that little thing is done now. So strange. Like, usually you expect Storm to not do enough, but I felt like they did way too much for something that really did not matter whatsoever. Like, th this did not need heat to it at all. Like, this match did not need heat. I mean, I was happy it was there because it was really fun. But, like, they heated the shit up way too hot for no reason. And then they're like, yeah, we're cool. It's cool. Don't worry. We're fine. But, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they'll they'll come back to it at some point. Maybe the unit tournament, they'll, you know, keep fucking up and Jumbo will just beat the shower and it'll be a whole thing. Like, who knows? Yeah. Yeah, we're not. Uh, it might not be the last we, we see of that. Um... To the next match, though, uh, this was the high speed championship match. Starlight Kid beat Koguma in just under nine minutes. Um, I tell you, Dylan, this was fucking awesome. This was so good. Holy oh, crap. you like this, this? This is what the high speed belt should should always be like. Just, just really fun, high paced wrestling. Um, some really intelligent work. Like the stuff they did at the start was so good. Yeah, um, uh, honestly, just it was so good. Like I, I can, Kid is the best. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, Koguma, Koguma is exceptional. Like I think that's something that we've all learned by now. Like Koguma is just so amazingly talented, um, and she got one of Kid's best high speed matches here. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I, I assumed you did too, but I don't know. I did. Um, I I was told. Uh by sprite that was like that was a match that if you enjoy starlight kid matches on average that was a really great match but if you are kind of not super high on kid on average that was that was just a match that also happened on the card so um i think that depends on that i enjoy kid matches and i especially enjoy koguma matches so i really enjoyed it um and i thought the start was killer um it reminded me of a way better version of that one osprey hiromu start remember that really stupid one where like they like were throwing each other in and out of the ring this felt like that but like realistic and interesting and fun um so yeah nothing like that actually um but just how they they wrestled to the outside and then they wrestled back inside and then they're and they're still going at side space high pace and it was great um they slow things down a little bit uh but koguma just beats the shadow kid and i'm always down for that because koguma's offense is really really cool uh and yeah it's kind of it's a critique that we should probably like give up on at this point, but it started getting a little bit less high speed, a little bit in the middle, which is expected because that's always what happens. But I did appreciate that they kept with the theme of like, okay, I'm 
trying to win as fast as possible. That's how it felt still. Um, like, I feel like only a couple minutes in, uh, Kogamon went for the Everest. My, I'm really congested. I don't know if you can hear that. I probably sound really <laughs> Yeah, crazy. I can. I um, yeah. Let me get tissue in a second. Um, okay. But, yeah, it, I really like that they were they just kept going. For your know, idea, get I, I, hold on, give me a second. Okay, yeah, you, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I should wait for him to come back before I make say the thing, or if he's gonna be gone for like ages. <laughs> so I don't know. Oh, oh dear. Um, yeah, no, because I think like the the high speed stuff is like a Koguma effect almost, where they they just kind of let her pose her style on people and she is obviously the high speed genius so be back yeah i i think i agree with what you just said i didn't hear all of it but you don't have to repeat it um yeah i i don't know i think kokuma just really brings the best out of a lot of her opponents on in general so i thought this was a really fun match um one thing that i, I need to mention is before the match a uh, kid came out with like she she had her liger mask that was over her regular mask and she had two masks on her cape. And then Kogma also came out with the mask that Kid gave her at the press conference. Okay, so I want to preface that. So there was two there, two on her head, and one in Kogma's possession. So that's that's five masks, right? Right? Everybody agree on that? Um, so Kogma goes for the Charlotte's Web. Uh, Kid kicks out of it and then gets a fireman's roll-up for the win. And so Kogma, you know... Uh, begrudgingly but you know willingly accepts her fate and sits in the middle of the ring for kid to mask her and nobody can find any of kids masks she brought five masks to the ring how how there were five of them shout out zandig like how does that happen um i assume there's like she had one that was bigger, so it would comfortably fit on on Koguma, and they like didn't have it. So she was like, "Well, where the fuck is it?" <laughs> yeah. So so basically, Kid just sort of like sat on Koguma for like a good forty seconds before she eventually was like, "Fuck it!" And then she grabbed her own mask, like one of the masks that was just like around, because again, she had five masks that she brought to the ring, <laughs> and then she put it on Koguma. And Koguma was like, man, fuck you. And she's like, I'm taking this mask, fuck you. <laughs> I love how, like, even in, in failure, Koguma's still still and shit. It's great. She's so bad for that. Um, you know what I, I was kind of thinking, though? Like, Kid and the whole post-match thing, this Oedo tie without Tora is so much less heelish. It, That's it feels what like... Wright was saying. Yeah, because yeah. she clapped for Koguma, like, respecting her bit, and it felt like she was doing it because she that's her, her thing, more than to be, like, an evil little shit. Felt like she was. it's just her thing, so she did it. Yeah, I get that. I don't know if I feel the same. I feel like there's still a certain level of, like, mwahaha to it, I guess is the best way to put it. And I think it sort of is, I don't know. I think the Konami match also sort of, like, makes it... <clears throat> Jesus fucking Christ! <laughs> Are you okay there? Maybe. You know, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get water. Um, but 
I think the Konami match really like highlighted that. It's like I wonder what is going on with Oedo Tai because it's like yeah. I I know I know the answer. I know that nothing is actually going on. We just feel like oh this isn't boring anymore, and like they're they they're showing personality, so this must be cool. I don't think it is. I think that Konami's about to be a fucking evil vampire again, even though she is the coolest wrestler of all time um, when she's just being the wrestler. Um, but that we'll get into that in a, in a second, obviously. I get what you're trying to say. Break. Um, by the way, do you want to like take a quick break after this? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, okay, yes. alright. Um, I do feel like I get what you're trying to say, but I also think that there's still a lot of the stank on Oedo Tai. Um, that I don't personally enjoy, uh, but that's just me. Yeah, I mean, I kind of get it. I just think that there's a bit more reeled back on some of the stuff that people didn't like about them, and it does feel a lot like the way that I evolved a lot more than it did under Natsuko Tora. I just think the energy there is is different. Yeah, I I, I agree. Um, I don't know. It's it's weird because like. And I, I know we've talked about this ad nauseum, but I feel like Natsuko should have been, like, she is, like, so funny. She is, like, mm-hmm. she could be the funniest fucking wrestler of all time. Like, the like funniest heel wrestler, I mean. Like, she's great at it. That it's, like, I don't know why they needed Kid assuming the position, who isn't particularly, like, a, you know, a experienced villain or comedy or any of, like, she's not particularly anything that Natsuko isn't. Like, I wouldn't even say she's more charismatic or anything of the sort than Natsuko. So I don't know why now they're sort of giving them a personality when they probably should have given it to them when Natsuko was around. But I don't know. It it, it might just be the timing of everything. Uh, still don't want Momo going there because I, I still yeah. fucking... Jesus Christ. Okay, I'm gonna get water. Uh, yeah, we will take a quick break so Dylan can sort himself out. And we are back. Um, so in the aftermath of uh, Kid versus Koguma, out comes Azumi, who makes the challenge for the high-speed championship. Uh, she is obviously aiming to challenge at Ryugoku. Uh, Koguma, no, not, not one to be forgotten, she comes back into the frame and says, look, I know I lost, but I really want this belt. Let's make it a three-way. Uh, Kid as she does, talks menacingly and slowly, and I assume is you know is like yeah sure whatever I don't care. <laughs> so the match for Ryugoku, the high speed title match, is Starlight Kid versus Azumi versus Koguma, which is is really cool. This um, will be really fun. Yeah, it became apparent to me when this match was announced, following some of the other ones, the the title matches for Ryugoku are so heavily going to feature homegrown talent and stardom. I think that's really cool, because obviously a lot is made of, like, the outsiders and people have to put out out there that stardom just, like, signs all these outsiders and pushes them to the moon and forgets all of their own talent. But, you know, you're going to have Utami in the world title picture, have Saya in the wonder title picture, we're going to have three homegrown talents in the high-speed title match, and then you're going to have Hana and Ruaka, their own trainees, in the future of Stardom title match, Sumo Hall. Um, you know. it. Yeah, it's like, this is, it's, sorry to interrupt, but DDM is feeling like an afterthought for, like, the first time since they've existed. Um, Like, they just, 
Like, I mean, they probably, like, my hemi point maybe defense. Maybe, uh, you know, Julia is in, like, a four, like, it's a four on four with them versus, like, some cool team. I, like, maybe they bring in, that's when they bring in Marvelous again. Like, maybe they have a DDM versus Marvelous match type thing. Like, it's, it's really insane that's like, DDM is the afterthoughts here when it feels like, like, I mean, until this tag league, they had been in every single tournament final. They have been, you know, in like the top two matches of almost every single pay-per-view in one of the top two matches. Like, uh, you know, it's really insane how they just aren't really like Rigoku ain't their show. Especially considering it's seeming like Sherry isn't going to win the belt. Yeah, well, I, I mean, uh, as much as DDM may not focus there, like the match is still Siri and Utami, which is still some DDM yeah. representation. Um, and obviously Julia's injury changed a lot of the the plans, I would assume. So that doesn't help them. But yeah, I mean, this always happens in stardom. You know, people get cycled in and cycled out, and we all freak out when somebody gets pushed too hard for three months, and then. Oh, two years never later, again. it's fine. It's not like never pushed again, but it's like, oh, they're established now. It's fine, you know. So yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, I just I thought uh, that was worth mentioning because I, I do feel like a lot of the time the view of stardom is that they're like they just push outsiders exclusively, which I don't really get why that would be a bad thing anyway. But you no, know, they aren't just forgetting all of their own talent. I mean, their their own talent are all being featured in big matches on this, you know, big show. I would love it if, and obviously this is, like, very hopeful thinking, but if Saya Ida is healthy in time, because, I mean, she's been ro- working out in the ring, like, mm-hmm. so, I mean, like, because, like, I'm, I'm trying to think of, like, what could fill out the card, because Hazuki, Mayu both don't have a match yet. Uh, Momo doesn't have a match yet. You know, Konami doesn't have a match yet. Most of Uedo doesn't have a match. I mean, the thing with Uedo Tai and, you know, Momo is that there's obviously the big, you know, will they, won't they at fucking Edeon. So mm-hmm. that probably won't be, the card won't probably be f- fledged out until uh, less than a week before the show. Um, so it's, it's time will tell. But th- there are certain people that's like huh i wonder where they slot in here um and it's interesting because i i don't think there's a lot of bad options uh like because i think that the the foundation of the card that they've set up is already good enough that i think that you know the undercard doesn't need to be this insane uh you know quality of you know caliber of matches i think they just need to have good wrestlers go out there and do good matches and i think they usually can do that pretty easily yeah you know start them the work right company huh um don't say that yeah <laughs> um, on to the next match then uh we had the uwf rules match uh siri retained her swa championship and her right to challenge uh by ko against konami um, it was tko i i don't know stardom's thing i it was ko but yeah i don't know regardless um Siri won. Uh, they did the UWF rules. Uh, Konami came out looking baller. She was repping some, you know, very MMA fucking gear uh, as yeah, she you was... would for a shoot style fight. And um... dude, oh my god, I I love Konami. Like th- this is what frustrates me. 
is that Konami can literally be the coolest wrestler in the world so easily. Mm-hmm. But instead, she's an emo vampire with bad music who says the end and nothing else. I mean, she's still cool there. <laughs> like, she is very. I, I don't very know. Cool. I just, I, I still don't. I, I don't know. It's never connected with me. But what's wrong with goth vampires? Are you? Do you have a problem with my people? Like, what's, what's your deal here? Your people. Your. Yeah. I knew that. I'm, I don't I think am, I can do this anymore, Alex. I am. I'm so ultra emo. Like, you know, that's that's my thing. The emo vampire community. Sorry. That was, I'm not like a vampire, but you know they're usually associated. <laughs> no, that's I don't annoying. think. Besides the point, uh, <laughs> Konami comes out with the shooter shorts, the Muay Thai shorts, if you will, and the bootless kick pads, which I have been waiting for their return. I'm sure she's worn them every once in a while. I know sometimes she um, comes out bootless and she just wears kick pads, but that was like the staple of 2018. Konami was was the no boots, just kick pads beat the shit out of you um and i loved it and then sherry comes out with her um reina reds with short hair um that mimics the hair that she had in reina when her and konami first met uh a lot of a lot of symbolism here uh so take that how you will alex i know you weren't too fond of the the early going and um i personally was it was one of those things where it's like if you really like intricate technical work you'll love it if you aren't necessarily like crazy about you know the um slower like technical stuff then you probably won't like it i personally enjoyed it it's not my favorite but i really liked it um and i think that it benefited the later match where it sort of got into like throwing bombs at each other yeah, um you you said a lot there um reversing a bit okay. i Agree. The presentation of Konami here was was exceptional. Um, hundred percent. If any semi competent booker wanted to, they could make money with with her in that aesthetic. Like it was, it just looks like such a real fire. You it know, she definitely. It was. Yeah, and if you just had her think... go out there and and kick some people to death or submit them and tap them out and make her your world champion. She'd be so easy to push, you know, and uh, that's just Konami, really. She's always you know been what? a talent with potential. Bat Yoshinaga needs to make an appearance and gift Konami the 3WA martial arts belt. And yeah. just she just does that. Well, um, no, I, I don't ever want to see this type of match again. because <laughs> Nobody but these two could really do it justice. Um, so... We will just not do that. I, but um, I disagree. I disagree. I think she do. I think there are. I think Micah could do it. Micah could just eat shit in this one. Like obviously she. Like I think. I think Micah. I. I don't think that you recognize the amount of potential in the roster because I feel like a lot of like fucking Micah is like a. Think about how many just judokas there are on the roster. They're yeah, like that's crazy all technical good judokas. and boring. And I want to just see people kick each other in the head. Like I don't want to see technical stuff. I'm not like I'm not about that life. Um, well, that's on you. I think judo's kind cool. of, <laughs> which almost sums up my thoughts on the match because I actually just left to get a drink when they were when they were doing all of the submissions. Because to me, a lot of these hybrid style matches take the worst aspect of MMA 
without the potential for like a flash knockout because you never see that really um then in this they did all that slow grappling to wear down the points or whatever and then they were like okay worked it kick each other in the face and then it was really cool from there on out i thought that was that was super cool um i did like i did you know kind of get into the the point system as well when Nami had three points and Siri had one and I was like, oh shit, like Siri's gonna have to fly back now. Um I did kinda get into it towards the end. But yeah, I I liked the part where they just kicked each other in the head a lot and I didn't love the part where it was just grappling because I don't really like just grappling. If I liked just grappling I would be watching the NCAA or something, you know. You're you're just wrong, honestly. I'm I'm gonna be completely honest on that one. Uh I think, dude, you've you've never. This is so different from what you think grappling is. I'm just like that's to sound. That sounds very like gatekeepy, but uh, also you don't want to enter the gate, so fuck you. It doesn't matter. Um, I don't know. I I actually really enjoyed the technical stuff. I thought that was really well done, and I thought that in that case, I think Konami and Shuri were perfect for it. Again, I liked the point system. Actually, I I like that. Okay, so if you if you didn't watch or if you don't know, um, in UWF rules, basically you have five uh, knockdowns or rope breaks because those count as as you know technicals. So if you touch the rope, if you get in a submission and you touch the rope five times, then you no longer can touch the rope and you will just lose basically. Um, or if you get knocked down. Um, and you have no more points, then it's an automatic TKO. So that's sort of the rules there. Uh, Konami really grinded away at Shuri's uh, points. Well, let me let me preface. Shuri grinded away at Konami's points with um, submissions, and then when Konami sort of realized that she couldn't necessarily out-submission Shuri, uh, she sort of just out of nowhere fucking flashed her, and that sounded fucking wrong. Um, she out of nowhere uh, just kicked the shit out of her head and got two knockdowns on her. Um, cause she knocked Shuri down once and then Shuri got back up and she knocked her down immediately again. So that's how Konami got rid of Shuri's points. And it ended up with, uh, Shuri having to fight back and get a few submissions in on Konami to, uh, you know, and she, I think she knocked her down as well. Uh, and then when they were both at one point, uh, they just started going crazy on each other. And that was some of the most fun wrestling I've seen in a long time, uh, was just that last like few minutes of the match where they were just fucking doing stupid shit honestly it was great yeah now the you know once they kicked into gear it was pretty chill um but yeah siri won she hit the buzzsaw kick and uh because yeah. konami had no more points she lost i think, I think yeah that's how it, it, it basically it was a firm knockdown to where it realistically she could have been down for 10 but it wasn't that, like definite uh, but it doesn't matter because she didn't have any more uh, knockdowns in eligibility. It's it's hard yeah. to explain. It's a lot cooler than like we're explaining it, in my opinion. I thought it was really cool. Um, one thing that you didn't mention was at one point, uh, Konami went for a guillotine choke, and Shuri like stood up, and then just like dumped her over over her head, and Konami just just fell on the side of her neck. And then no sold it, and then got up and went for a triangle choke. Yeah. What the fuck? So, I, like, dude. I have no idea. <laughs> Konami should be the cool. Like, why is she not cool? Like, I know that you say that the fucking emo vampire shit is cool, but like, dude, she could be 
like you said, she could make so much money just doing this. Oh, yeah. Like she could yeah. she could just be like so perfect. Like this is I think this is peak Konami with the shooter shorts and the no boots, kick pads, uh, you know, the I don't know, like it cuz it she looked smaller. Like she, without the boots, without any of the get up, she looked smaller. And with the shorts, but somehow she also presented herself as bigger than any other wrestler on the show. Like she like in my opinion, Konami was the star of this show um overall. Obviously Sherry did great as well, but I think that Konami just like blew away every other performance on this show. Um and that's why I'm very upset that in a few hours she's gonna <laughs> come out looking like a fucking vampire saying the end and doing the weird shit with the bad music and the fu- oh man, that's gonna suck. I hate my life. Cause this is so cool. Um, I don't know. You need to stop slandering Konami here. Like I don't know. I like I like I like, I, think... I like the way to tie Konami. I think it's cool. Um, yeah. After the match, um, they had a bit of a moment. They both bowed and showed a lot of respect to each other. Um, which is and it makes sense because obviously you know we, we obviously we went through this back in March when they first wrestled, but they have a lot of history together and and Siri. Konami under her wing at one point when Konami needed it, so their relationship dates back a long time. Um, the I think <laughs> I know I was saying that um, the stipulation made me think Konami was leaving the post-match interaction, and then the tweet Siri sent out where it was a picture of the two of them, and she was like, "Thank you, Konami." I think a lot of people now are are maybe on the train of okay, yeah, maybe maybe she is going because um, it just felt like something of a closing statement almost. I don't know. It's weird. It's hard to explain. It's I don't know what they do, and I think that's I think that's more where my thing with the whole you know vampire Konami thing comes in is that it's like how do you come not come back from this, but like where do you go? from here with konami because like in a way that felt like her final form where do you go from there you know what i mean do you just go back to you know the you know vampire to wait a time like that's what i mean that's more so what i'm saying not so much that i hate the vampire but i don't i don't like her gimmick in a way to die don't get me wrong but it's more like okay so do we just go back like just and she just is yeah like that much, feels yeah. weird. I feel I feel like there there has to be more. Like you have to move forward. You know what I mean? Like the only way there's more is if she keeps the get up and then goes to QQ. Like that's that's about it. Um It's the only way I can see. But I don't that know. Is the correct, I, that I, is the correct move in my opinion. That is one percent the correct uh, move. So I, I just it it's difficult because I really do think there's something to all of the stuff that happened there but i i, I, don't I mean really know uh, for sure it could be but it also could just be that konami and shuri felt slighted at being given six minutes and they wanted mm-hmm. to atone for that you know awesome. like that that like maybe rossi just threw him a bone or bushiro just get like maybe this were you know that's also very possible um True, yeah. <laughs> i think that's i think that's more possible because i don't think that they respect people who leave that much and that sounds brutal but like i mean 
when you leave to another company, especially, they don't really, they're like, okay, get the fuck out then. Like who, like Omega lol, fuck off. Like who cares? Um, like <laughs> they, they really go, damn, that's crazy. I forget who asked and then kick them out. Like that, that's how it feels like they treat people who leave to other companies and start them. Um, that I don't think that that is what they would do here. But then again, I mean, fucking WWE gave Dean Ambrose a whole ass fucking gimmick, and then he just buried them and joined the other company. So, like, I mean, yeah, who you knows? Never know. Yeah. Um, we are getting on in time, so let's move on to the next match. Uh, this is for the Wonder of Stardom Championship. Tam Nakano mm-hmm. defended against Mina Shirakawa. Um, do you just want to like do your lore thing? Now and get it out of the way. You know what? I I honestly don't know if I uh, I got to get into the build first. Or do you want to get into the build because you do know the build and you like the build? The build um, was cool. No, I'm just gonna leave it all to you because I I don't want to talk about the lore. <laughs> I just want to talk about the match. But you know, you are so. doing a disservice to yourself and to the listeners, Alex. So basically, really um, a lot of this match was built around Arisa Hoshiki, um, a name that we have not heard in a very long time, but has been said multiple times throughout this entire uh, thing. So basically, Tam says that Mina will never be as good and will never be able to fill the role that Arisa Hoshiki once had, both in Tam's like heart and in Tam's like feelings, but also just as a wrestler. Um, and Mina, on the other hand, believes that Tam's obsession with the white belt stems back to Arisa and how that's the only thing left from Arisa that Tam truly has that's like, you know, um, physical. So it's like, you know, Tam wanted to beat Julia for the white belt so that she can win Arisa's belt. And she has Arisa's belt. And the reason why she won't let it go is because that was Arisa's belt and she, you know, won it and all that shit. So that's why uh, Mina wants to win the belt from Tam so that Tam will break this obsession with Arisa and we'll be able to focus on Mina and Cosmic Angels and all of that shit. Also, the Mina is now the Joker. So that is canon. Um, yeah, I'll just get into the lore because like, a lot of these are... So basically, um, Tam early on is is being provoked by Mina. Mina's just, you know, doing all the heel shit. She, before the bell, she goes and does a fucking rolling elbow to the back of Tam's head. She hits the implant EDT. She's attacking her on the outside, doing all this shit. Um, and just normal heel shit for the first few minutes. And, you know, that's like, oh, wow, I guess T- Mina's just kind of being the heel here. That makes sense, I guess. Um, but then, around the time that uh, Mina does the Bronco Buster, the most <laughs> aggressive and uh, just disrespectful Bronco Buster I think I've ever seen, um, where she just sort of, like, humps her face, like, very, like, Never mind. Um, Tam starts to just like not rem- emote. She just looks at her in disbelief and just is like, "What? The, what are you doing?" And Mina looks at her, starts booting her in the face, and is like, you know, keeps trying to provoke her. And basically, this 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 leads into a segment of the match where Tam refuses to emote uh, for anything that Mina does. So specifically. Um, Tam is in the middle of the ring. She's sitting there. Uh, Mina sits down. And she really wants to feel that passion that Tam had when she wrestled Arisa. So she starts doing ground kicks. Something that Mina does not do. But 
just so happens that Arisa did do. Um, in fact, she did it in her match with Tam at one point. So Mina starts just kicking her on the floor, just starts kicking her in the head, and Tam just stares at her, completely emotionless, and just not refusing to emote, and Mina literally starts crying because of this, because Tam refuses to feel that same emotion, that same fire. I really hate that I'm explaining this, honestly. I'm, I'm really not having a good time. Um, but you don't have to. <laughs> no, I want to. I need to. I need to, okay? Right. Uh, Tam refuses to show that emotion that she showed towards Arisa, that emotion that she towards, showed towards Mayu, because she doesn't believe Mina is on either of their level. Um, eventually, uh, Tam is kind of forced into fight-or-flight mode when Mina hits her with the DDT out to the floor, um, and Tam gets really fucked up from that. And from there on out, Tam does start to bring a little bit of fire. She um, does the forearm exchange, which everybody knows is the the um, universal stardom sign for this is emotional now, um, is when they just start throwing forearms at each other. Uh, and now that Tam is willing to show that passion towards Mina, Mina now wants to out-wrestle Tam. This is the part that you didn't understand, and you just thought that was kind of stupid. I agree it was stupid, but uh, the point of wrestling, and I'm about to get real metaphysical about this, the point of wrestling is to prove that you are a good wrestler. That's that's the point, especially for babyfaces such as Mina. Um, it's to prove that you are a competent, good wrestler who can wrestle good and sometimes wrestle better than your opponent. Um, in this case, Mina didn't really want to wrestle better than her opponent. She wanted to wrestle better than her opponent at her opponent's top level. She wanted to outperform Tam in Tam's most passionate, most fury, most, you know, top fucking level that she possibly could. Um, so from there, they just started wrestling. Um, and I know that was very stupid for most people. And I don't even disagree because it was, it was pretty fucking stupid um in the end mina uh didn't have the killer instinct to disrespect tam in the heat of battle something that arisa and mayu were both willing to do uh many times before and this led to her downfall so yeah um it was bad are you okay hello it was bad oh uh <laughs> You're suffering in silence. Like, okay. Do you I... want to talk about this match, or do you, do you yeah, just want to like, pretend I, like it doesn't I, exist? I, I really do, okay? You mentioned the point where Tam didn't want to sell. She wasn't going to give Mina the satisfaction of rising to it. She should have won right there. Tam should have obliterated her in three moves and won right there. Because sometimes, sometimes you just can't get what you want. You know what I mean? Mina wanted Tam. She wanted to prove herself to Tam. She wanted to get Tam to have, you know, a big white belt match with her. She just shouldn't have got it. You know, because you can't like you need that to happen sometimes where a wrestler wants something, they just can't get it. This would have been one of those perfect chances for Tam to just say, "No, you aren't on my level." To obliterate her. And, you know, you know would have been fine. Mina, you know, she's still going to sell her, her photo books. Simps are still going to pay to meet her. No. People are still going to buy all her merch. I'm sort of just one then and there. She's still that a good been wrestler. Yeah, yeah, like, like I mean, fine. 
you could have just sold it as, oh, she went a bit off the deep end and she let her guard down. Whatever. I'm sort of one then and there and it would have been perfect. Then they decided to try and have their cake and eat it as well because they were like, okay, we did all the story beats, now we're just going to have a match. And I was kind of like, you can't just... Dina can't just turn off this weirdness that she's had to wrestle now. She... No, I, only I think... To, only to remember that she's weird because she started to cry and hold Tom's face. And I was like, what is this now? Like, I think the <laughs> difference between me and you is I think it could have worked the way that they did it. I just don't think that they sold it right. Because, like, I just, why I was... Like, why was the turning point just a DDT? Like, okay, if if Mina was going... Like, if Mina did succeed in provoking Tam, why, like... Oh, she hit her with a DDT. Like, what was that? Like, what what does the DDT... Why does that matter? Like, Mm -hmm. if if she, like, I don't know, just, like, went outside and just started hitting her with a chair, or, like, like, genuinely, like, if... I think... I, I forget who mentioned this to me. If she started blading, if if... Fucking Tam was just bleeding, and and that brought out this fire in her. That would be cool. I think that would have made the match infinitely better, and they could have had nearly the exact same match, and it would have been at least interesting because Tam felt like, oh, well, now she's heated up because of this thing that Mina did, and now Mina has to deal with that. I think that would have been cool, and I also don't like that Mina was sort of like on top for most of the later match because, like, if Mina wanted to, prov- I think. At the end of the day, the best case scenario would have been if Tam just beat her, like right when she was hitting those German suplexes and almost beat her, and just won it there. But even so, it could have gone the length that they wanted and just gave it more reason. It felt like it did just shift just because they didn't have any more story to do and they had some wrestling bits to do. Uh, And I think it could have been better. I, I feel like, and this is like a really weird comparison, it felt like Minoru Suzuki versus Jushin Thunder Liger, but less interesting with less stakes. And instead of the story taking place over two months, it happened within 16 minutes where, you know, somebody provokes somebody, somebody becomes the fucking Joker, like crazy with the fucking face paint. Somebody tries to kill somebody. And then, you know, somebody puts the, then the wrestler puts the other wrestler down and shows respect. Literally like same beats, but, just not as interesting or as well done or anywhere near as good as that story. Cause I mean, that was one of the best stories in the past like decade, in my opinion, besides the point. Um, it was just, I don't know. I, I appreciate what they were trying to do too. That's the thing. That's the, it's like the difference between this and some other TAM matches is that the other TAM matches I could not connect with this match. I could connect with. Like, on an emotional level, I mean. Like, I was like, okay, this makes sense. I understand the feeling of uh, Mina wanting to be, you know, as good as this person who came before her. But her partner, who's kind of being a shitty partner, refuses to allow that. I understand that. I completely get that story. It's a really well-done story. And it was almost a slam dunk with Mina just going fucking crazy. And just Tam putting her down. But they didn't do that. Um, They should have picked the lane. That's where my thing comes in. And I said that on Twitter. They should have picked one and stuck with it. Either let them do a match. Because, you know, Mina's a good wrestler. Tam is a good wrestler. They could have had a good match. Or go full in on the crazy. 
on, you know, Fiend Mina and go all in on that instead of trying to do both. They should have picked one and stuck with it and executed it. And I think it would have been much better. Um, but instead they tried to do both and it, it just didn't work as well. Um, you know, we, uh, also after the match, they hugged and I wanted to puke. I'm, I'm going to be honest. Yeah. It's, I, I don't know. It like was... legit five minutes before the finish. I was talking to Darren and Sprite. And I was just like, you know, they're going to hug after this. match. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to hug. It's going to be the worst thing of all time. And nobody's going to like it. And I'm going to fucking hate my life. It's, and very, just gonna it's very indie wrestling. You know how in indie wrestling, yeah. when somebody they loses, hug, they shake hands you have, and they throw Yeah, you have up, to, yeah. Like, the fans give the round of applause. The, the we come, please come back. That was awesome. You know, everybody, did, like, just get the fuck out of the ring. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you don't, you don't need to have this reconciliation moment of, oh, I respect you now. You beat her. You're better than her. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, levels are okay. You are allowed to have one person be better than the other person. And Tam would have had every right to be like, what the fuck was that? Like, get get out of here. But instead, it had to be the, the indie wrestling moment of, oh, yeah, we hugged, you know, she's great. She she put on a show. I respect her. And I was like, I just, like, I'm just not into that. I wish people would stop with that. But, uh... Yeah, we didn't even the... talk about the slap, which was the worst part of the match. Listen, we're we're not talking about the match anymore. I'm done. <laughs> um, Sias Kamatani came out after, and uh, her and Tam did their promo to set up the match. Uh, obviously, which is taking place at Ryugoku. Um But feeling right now is Sia Kamatani wins. She has to, man. Yeah, I think it's time. Mm-hmm. It's time to put the angel down. I, it would be for the best, I think. Pam uh, has kind of run through everybody that she can logically face um, without kind of getting out of her depth. And also, I think she's just run her course. I think even people who like her big match formula are kind of getting sick of it. So it, it's definitely time to freshen things up and also just to give Saya the, the moment that she deserves because Saya Kamatani has been killing it all year. And she should be one of the flag bearers next year. And uh, giving her that white belt to go into it is is a very important part of that. Yeah. Um, Oh, it's 8 o'clock. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, So the main event was Utami Hashishta retaining her her World of Stardom Championship against Micah. Um, (laughs) So not a selling... I'm, I I feel like people would know that about me by now. I'm not, you know, if you are selling the leg, it must, you know, fall off or something like that. I'm not not that kind of crazy. Um, I thought it was very funny, though. Micah comes into this one. Her arm is taped up very visibly. I don't think she sold that arm for more than, like, 30 seconds. It was so funny to me because it was just she was like, hitting these lariats and these forearms with her injured arm and was not registering it at all and i was like we're just we're just we're just pretending the injury isn't there like we're just we're just going with it it was it's, utami it's sold her arm funny. more like, utami yeah, sold her arm more than micah who has an actually injured arm i was just like this is 
this is so uh, this is peak like i i i can't <laughs> so it's, it was very funny to me because uh at one point my like utami started working micah's arm and then she kind of realized that she's not good at sell at you know fucking at working somebody's arm and then micah was like oh i'll, I'll just do it on you then pal like it, it's no problem and then and that made no sense at all uh and that's just funny to me i think this was like the inverse of the usual utami issue i feel like utami here the first like 10 minutes were just fucking like all over the place but as time went on it started getting way better um and usually utami sort of like not f like she starts losing it near the end you know like she starts losing the the plot so to speak um near the end and i felt like the opposite was here i felt like the last 10 minutes were really tight really well done um i really enjoyed it all uh but the first few with the arm selling and that type of bullshit was just it was funny it was really funny it was um basically got a variation of of the usual match for between utami and micah here um did think they were working stiff there was definitely a lot of really you know hard sounding strikes i i can't fault them there um at the end of the day this was this is getting filed away in the good but not at all interesting matches because it's again i've seen i've seen them do this before you know i've seen them do the majority of this before and i don't think they broke out of their formula at all and as good as the wrestling is, because obviously these two are, you know, they're prodigies, they have excellent chemistry, they do wrestle well, um, just didn't interest me. And the, my only takeaway from the match is how funny it was that Micah didn't sell her arm, which tells you everything you need to know, really. It does indeed tell you everything you need to know. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I don't know. Do you have any comments on the match? Because I don't. Uh... I, I, it's like I, I won't. I'll keep it brief. But I did really enjoy this match. Um, I really liked that they did dueling superplexes. I, I love that. Uh, Micah sort of made the superplex like one of her biggest signatures, which is like, I don't know. I'm like, because you're used to like in America, everybody does a superplex. But when you think about it, Micah is like the only wrestler in stardom who does a superplex. And Utami stole it. And I was like, oh, wow, Utami hit the superplex. And then Micah was like, you know what, fuck you, I'm going to do the top rope superplex. Loved that spot. That was really well done. Uh, Micah also employed the Kata Hajime for the first time in a while. Um, as far as my notes um, say, let me make sure that I am correct. I need to make sure I didn't call it the Taz mission. You call it Kahajime thing. Yeah, so the last time that she used this on a, you know, match that I saw at least was to defeat Momo Watanabe last year. Um, during oh. that time when they were having like three of their singles matches, she beat Mo she beat Momo with it. So that's the last like notable time that she used the Katahajime. Um, so like you know, Momo or Utami almost going out to it was like really well done, and it was like one of those like back pockets where it's like, oh wow, she's she pulled that out. That's crazy, and like she almost won with it. Um, and I I I really liked it. Uh, and yeah, I mean near the end, I thought Utami was on her game. She just sort of beat the shaver. Um dropped her on her head again like you do and yeah uh utami 
the, the finish was Micah goes for a lariat but has nothing behind it. Um, so Utami just hits a burning lariat and the hijack bomb and gets the win. So yeah, I really I really like that that match. I like the finish. I knew I liked it more than most people would. Um, but like yeah, I don't know. Maybe I just like them together more than most people. Yeah. Like I, I still find joy out of it. Yes, because like I can understand why it's like the. Well, I, I mean, get you watch New Japan, been... so you're used to seeing two pairings run into the ground. Um, but you you you're used to seeing it across like 50 minute matches rather than 23. So you're probably like very grateful. Um, because I know if I had to watch Okada and Sonata wrestle for like eight hours, ten times a year, I too would appreciate Mike and Utami. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, I had to get that shot in at New Japan. Um, just you know, why not? Um, yeah. After the match, we had a confrontation between Utami and Siri. Um. As anybody could have predicted, they would do it. They did a bit more of a respectful one, though. They kind of shook hands and leaned in, and it was kind of like a, a no. Uh, they have the weight of the world on their shoulders kind of thing. I don't know. It was very interesting. Um, yeah. And I'm excited to see how they build to that. Obviously, now that all the the fluff is out of the way, we can get directly on to you know, building towards this, this big main event. Um yeah, I mean, man, do you think fucking Aphrodite does the Yama? Yes. It's the red and white belts? I I would be shocked if Itami and Saya did not end that show standing tall, you know, belt to belt. I think the thing is that if Saya wins the white belt, then... I don't really want to see Utami versus Saya again anytime soon, but I think that's the one opportunity that Utami has to win the white belt. Even though I don't think that she should, like especially right after the red belt reign, but the whole emotion thing that's like, oh, well, to win the white belt, you need to have this like complex feeling. And Utami has that with like two people, maybe. And one of them left the company a couple months ago. You know what I mean? So I think that's... I think Utami might lose it, and then you know, challenge Saya at some point. Or maybe they do a double title challenge thing. I don't know. Uh, who knows? Honestly, it's 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 an interesting situation. I would love Sherry to win, but I think as time goes on, I'm getting less and less uh, the feeling that she wins, because she still has the SWA belt, she still has the tag belts, she still has a lot yeah. to do um, outside of the world title. So I, I don't know. Plus, uh, we didn't even mention it, Utami threw the rose at Julia's face, Kind of indicating that her and Julia are kind of, you know. Oh, that's even. that's like if they're doing Budokan or any similar venue early next year, like Julia yeah. and Tommy is the match. Like I think that's that's pretty evident now. Um, yeah, I suppose overall, Tokyo Super Wars was pretty good. I don't know. I didn't hate it. Like I, you know, I I thought Siri and Konami was cool. I thought Koguma Starlight Kid was great. Um, I enjoyed Micah versus Utami. Um, yeah, like, you know, it, it's one where Stardom didn't get in their way. They just let the wrestlers go out there and do good wrestles, you know, which is the easiest thing to do. It just didn't get in their way, which is all you can ask for. Yeah, I, I think I enjoyed it. 
like that's the thing is that like I enjoyed it. I enjoyed Mina versus Tam thoroughly. I thought it was a mm-hmm. terrible match, but I loved watching it. And I will probably go back and watch at least two matches on the show. And I don't go back and watch matches, but I feel like Konata versus Shuri, especially the last like few minutes, and Mina versus Tam deserve a rewatch. So I'm going to do. Plus, they were both pretty short. Um, actually, that's another thing that we need to mention. All the matches were pretty short. Um, how long did Micah versus Tommy go? Do you have that? Twenty-three minutes, I believe. That's that's perfect. That absolutely perfect time uh, for a red belt match. Keep it at that. All of the matches went grid time. Uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed the show um, thoroughly. In fact, that's why we did an episode so early is because it's like the show was it was it was an enjoyable show. I mean, you know, I told everybody it was going to be an intriguing one, um, but I don't think anybody believed me quite as much as they ended up being proven that it sure had a lot of personality to it. Yeah, no, it uh, definitely did. I mean, look, even I came away. Uh, enjoying it, and you know, I wanted to talk about it, which is why we're recording the day of the show, which um, I I didn't think we would do for a pay-per-view until, like, Ryugoku. <laughs> so, um, no, nah, I mean, I, I definitely understand where you're coming from. I, I thought it was a good show, a very fun time. Um, I will have to review it for Voices of Wrestling, and I will probably be quite generous. So, yeah, no, I enjoyed it, and I think a lot of people who watched it probably did, and as I said, they just didn't get in their own way. You know, they have a talented roster that they just let go out there and have good matches. And even then, I think they also, I enjoyed that they were like, here is our plan. You know, they're very much like, okay, unit tournament, and then here's the title matches, free Goku, get excited, here's our plan. And I think that was also very nice to see. Yeah, I totally agree. Um... Yeah, I suppose with that, though, um, we'll be back during the week for the normal episode. Uh, I don't even know if there's a show this upcoming weekend. There is a show tomorrow, today, when this drops. Um, the tiny card, all tag matches. The main event is a DDM stars, a woman tag. Um, we'll be back then to review that, and we'll talk about any news that happens to come out. I doubt there'll be that much, but if there is any, we'll talk about it. And then there's a Shinjuku face show on the 4th that we can preview. Um, so yeah, keep an eye out for that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that. VTG. At some point. <laughs> we oh, no, we have VTG every week, and then it's never there. Um, but yeah, it, we will maybe maybe record it this week, possibly. Yeah, um, that's the plan. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, with that, I think I should close the show. Indeed, yes, we should. All right, if you want to stand, you may stand. If you want to sit, you may sit. Leave today, shine tomorrow. You decide what you believe in. Ijo. Ijo. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.